Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Shut the Funk Up podcast. I am the well-fed boy, and as always, I am joined by... Jaylet the Kid, what it do? We got our sound right. Our sound is better. We had so we had a faulty. Uh, For the f- record, mine was never faulty wiring. Mine was never bad. Yours, yours, yours is never bad. Mm. Yours is never bad. Uh, thank you, but really, I should be thanking you. Um. Uh, speaking of bad, though, just real quick, Nucky if you puck segment, get out of the way because I don't Ooh, really want to talk about it. Okay. The Panthers are down 0-3. It's not looking good, and that's all I want to say because I will go on a rant, and I'm not trying to rant. I'm not trying to rant. Wow. Okay, so we're just going to say... I'll wait, till the, is, I'll wait till the end. But this... Okay, that's fair. To do... If, 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 if I'm going to Because they go, deserve a rant. Yeah, I, I'm ready because I, they. I, well, let's let's see how they finish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying because they lost. They went down 0-3 yesterday. So I am at I I walked in with just ready to eviscerate today. Yeah. I was ready to. Just, let's just close the tab so, right now. But yeah. we know we know when we start typing the letters and it's going to repopulate and we're going to come back. Right. Knock if you puck over. Knock if you puck segment. Just a little teaser there. Mm. Um. We got uh, episode sixty-five. Wow! We are we got bracketology coming up. We're here. We are crowning our final, uh, final, final, final four, final, final four member. And we're not once. And I know some of you out there are like, well, we, now you got four. Why don't you just you know finish it off? We're gonna we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit the pause and do it and, and just tease it a little bit longer. I think for that one, we might want to do more of like a. A doctoral dissertation, like we both like write some arguments down. I think that we both the the judge wigs are on the whole episode, and we're just battling. I don't know how many weeks are left. Well, what about this? Just want to check this out? Whatever, however many weeks are left, however many episodes left that we do, that'll be like the wild card bracket. What do you mean? And then we set it up like. Uh, the one seeds get the pass. Oh, so you and then wanna... the other two have to play. The, okay, these one and, and then well, to the end of the year, we'll then we'll crown. We'll do. Well, we'll my do the thought is is that now we've done sixty four. What an accomplishment! I mean, thank yes. you to us. Thank you to us. To really, us, Mike. I guess a little bit. Um, you know, all of our generals out there. Yes. Uh, one of them is missing in action as we speak. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's wounded on the battlefield. Laying, laying below some other dead bodies. I talked to my people because, you know. Hey, would you blow point... me night? Hey, would you call me? <laughs> Bro, Ian is, is, is missing in action. He's MIA in the MIA. Until you call us back, you're now Ian. Hey, would you call me? Ugh. I love that. <laughs> please. Please. Yeah, yeah Ian's I, I I honestly and it's been like since the new year. It's, it's a not situation even like a, where I'm I'm your mother and I'm concerned. Please just call me. Like we 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 crowned we we crowned guest of the year and you know, I know he was a little butthurt about it, but at this point, we thought in the beginning, oh, Ian's butthurt about it. that's why we're not that's why we're not hearing from him. But now we have moved to the concerned phase, and this we is, don't and, and we don't know we haven't like we haven't heard at all anything at all. This is the part of the mo- well, we're past the part of the movie where they just didn't come home, so we're a little nervous. The but child's have- not missing now. I think we're looking for a body. 
Yes. You know but, what I mean? But we were in the phase of the beginning of the year was the, you know, they're old enough to not come home one night. And yeah. you're like, eh, maybe they slept at their girlfriend's house. But now we're at the point where not only do we think we suspect foul play, Mm -hmm. but now we're not even sending search parties out. It's just cadaver dogs. And know that we expect foul play from the girlfriend because that he was at the girlfriend's house. Ooh. You know? So know that that's like probably number one suspect. We're going to be knock, knock, knock in. I'm going to have to go to the Keys this weekend and just start doing a search on Marathon. Just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Heard. Uh... But yeah, we got we got bracketology coming up. Um, but we're gonna have to figure that out. That's where we yeah. we, we we closed the tab too quickly. There, we haven't determined when and how the four will continue on. Do we do another sixty-four episodes and make it an elite eight, and then we do that? I don't know. Yeah, there's we'll, there's a lot of options we, out there. Yeah, we'll have to. We're gonna have to figure that out. But we're gonna crown uh, the the number four so it's it's a big one it's the they're gonna, the last one's going to squeeze in there until we figure out what to do now how do you feel just we're we're looking at the 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 teams that have made it to this this sweet sixteen right here are you seeing a lot of tough choices what's your anxiety level here um I think this bracket is a bit much different than the last one because I totally. if I remember correctly the last one had like the uh, the people that were up against each other were wildly different. It was a weird... Yes, we had... Um, and it kind of made it easier? Well, it was more of like a, a referendum on what music type do you like more. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're like, well, this rock and roll I'm, is going to beat reggae. This like, one I'm looking and, and I'm thinking we're a little closer on a, on a cup on, on a few of them. I think for sure there's a lot more similarity rather than complete opposite. Let's just say this bracket I think was done, was seated correctly. Yeah. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when we get to that point. Yeah, yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, and uh, also, too, after the Peacock, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a little uh, a hypothetical song playlist that we would want to play uh, if we were, you know, on a certain sports team. So that'll be after the Peacock. Great we've tease. Got, we've got a I little, can't wait to hear. We've got a little, little little, thing that we did. Yeah. So let's uh, let's open up the Janner's Closet. Let's get into it. Let's go. Um, talk to me about Naz. So Naz, was was it your brother, uh, Elbow, Elbow Baggins? As you know, Blackjack Benny. Mm-hmm. Was it him that texted both of us and was basically like, that's the Beatles, but a little bit harder rock? Yes. Yeah, okay. Was, yeah, that was that stuck in my craw because that's basically a better explanation of exactly how I feel about them. Yeah, They had the Beatles sound, but they're rockier. Yeah. Yes. It was kind of soft lyrics and delivery, but here's a little bit more rock and roll to go with that. Mm-hmm, I like and that. So that's what was super interesting. Um, Under the Ice... I was also surprised by this. I knew once again a little bit more than I thought I, I was going to know because I feel like I played that around you or something. Yeah, I don't. I can't I give know. you full cred because I can't remember where the genesis of me hearing it was. But I will say of like the ten songs, that one and "Hello, It's Me," which I think is a pretty popular. Yeah, that that was covered. Was that their original? Um, I can't remember. I want. I can't because uh, I, I thought I that think, that's been a sampled and redone song multiple times yes i don't so, i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to speak out of turn on that one because i'm getting in from all ends every time i speak out of turn i 
yeah, we can we'll get we can it. unpack that whenever you're ready. Uh, but that was interesting. I'm gonna guess that they there they weren't even the original on that. I, I, that I, sounds I, like a '40s kind of like doo-wop hymnal song or something from the South. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather mm -hmm. than something they created. I'm but their version is really good too. Um, so overall, Naz was good. Um, you know, one of the sorry one of the problems Looking I think. And it's the same thing that happens with Blind Faith. And it's the same thing I guess you could say about the Fugees too, even though they all went out individually after. But like, it just sucks that they had such a small catalog. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, so that was one of the it, things. It, 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 that, That's, they there's are the definitely a minus. That's they, a minus. They are, it, is, it is written by Todd Rundgren of Naz in 1967. Okay, so... Uh, I'm he redoes it though when he goes solo, and I think he made a little bit more of a buck off of it. Like I, I I'm still gonna give. I'm still gonna knock them, them up. It's I'm putting theirs. them up a notch. It's yeah, yeah, because that's one of the songs you've all heard. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I thought that was the original of it. Yeah, and then you hear that, and you're just like, well, that was 30 years before that. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's how you know. But uh, yeah. overall, Naz was good. Um, they'll find their way into one of my mood playlists for sure. Yeah, yeah. The did you did you uh. Do you, uh, did you get the same, uh, did you feel me on the drummer? So. Did you pick up on that? The first time I played them, it was like a day or two after last episode. And I was in the car somewhere where I could just act really actively listen. And I was like, all right, let me listen for these fills. Let me see if this fucking guy's actually got right. the goods. And the guy's got the goods. Right. Uh, he, it's. It's interesting because I feel like the drums are a coffin of their own design where if you're too loud with the drums, no one can really hear the intricacies of what you're playing. Mm -hmm. But there's also a finesse to playing loudly but still playing to where there's clarity. And he does that very well. Well, you can tell it's he's very clean. You can tell he's got some jazz uh, background yes, drumming in him. Absolutely. Because like, his fills and the way he plays and like... The intricacies and stuff of it, and just like you said, like the cleanness of it. Yeah, he's, he's got. You can tell he's got that jazz, but he's not like this just this raucous, rocking drummer, you know. No, and that's the interesting part is I think he had a good mixture of both, though. Yeah, like the technical jazz early side yeah. of it, mm -hmm. and then also like getting into some rock and roll. So he and to me, jazz anything is are really the best to implement into a band because mm -hmm. they have to know music theory to such a level that they can kind of go on the spot and stay within timing or yeah. they can do something which is very classical and technical as well and then apply that to whatever they're doing. Yeah, 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 totally, 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 totally. Yeah, so, sweet. All right, Naz, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because that's... Uh, Naz that's, was not a Paz. Yeah, yeah, Naz has been something that I've had in the back pocket for a while and I've been waiting for everyone to... until uh, they were ready. I think you brought it out at the pr perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get into what did we learn this week, I have I have one thing uh, for the janitor's closet, and it's mm. it's looking like it it's a reoccurring segment in the janitor's closet, and, and, which is not good for me. But Alex is loud wrong. Mm. Um, what was it this time? So or which one? It was I apparently said two times. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, two. We times. don't know if there's any footage, you, documentation, and, of any type. Um, uh, that the pan the Florida Panthers had won a Stanley Cup in '96. Alex was loud wrong on that. Mm. Um, they got swept by the Avs. 
Broke out the brooms, the ice brooms. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I admit to it. It doesn't feel good. I'm going to blame the beers, though. So I feel good. You're oh wow. So, but it's only the mistake. Like if we had asked you that, if we had podcast sober, would have known it. Sober would have known it. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I like that and I respect that because that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. Now when I'm wrong and people text me. What I do is what Alex wish he could do, and that's go out back with the shovel. I hit that lie over the head. I stuff that thing under under the little, whatever that you call the little piece of wood that lets you under the house, like where the dog loves to go. Yeah. I move that, the crawl space. I the get crawl the crawl space. space. Yeah. Like at Piper's wedding, the, the room that was underneath that the room. room, that room where people get murdered in. That's where I put it. Yeah, I need. I don't. I don't. I need. I need one. I have. I got an attic. We got an attic. We, I, I could throw something. Mm. Be stanking up in here with all them lies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one more thing before we get to it too. I also want to say, and I'm actually not even plugging this because you know to you know to to hype up the this this person's ego, but. Brian's uh, sea sauce. Yeah, the sizzling sea sizzling cow. sea sauce. Sizzling sea sauce. That's what I think it's called. Okay, I have been using the shit out of it. It's so freaking good. I might have to just take that for the weekend. Yeah, because it's I'm, I'm putting it on everything. Yeah. Oh my, it's so good. I was grilling up some Bro, drumsticks gonna... over the weekend, and, and I butterflied them, and I lathered them like in that sauce, and then cut in like a dry rub, and I was like, I was in heaven. Bro, if you want to like put a little visual together with that recipe, have Cam make like a video, something, uh, we'll post it on the website and everything. Reach out. Well, I've been wanting to like hit them up and be like, first of all, tell them how much like I've been loving it, but then to like maybe get like a recipe out of them or or like or just give me the ingredients and like I can like maybe you know shop it up and do Mm. America's Test Kitchen in there. Love that, but. The Panthers are playing so bad against Tampa Bay, and yeah, Brian is and Brian is a huge him. Bolts fan. So yeah. it's like I don't want to talk to him because he won't allow me to just ask about food. You will be shamed, like not only in just asking someone for a secret recipe of theirs. Yeah, that alone, there's some exactly. there's some balls of shame that even go into that. Yeah, but then on top of that, you already know the heaping be, of shame that he will rain down. He'll be like, you. "You don't deserve it," and I'll be like, "Fuck." I don't. So I'm gonna yeah. like I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that that series, let that marinate. Yeah, I'm gonna let that marinate for a good while, and mm. then hopefully catch him on a on a day. Yeah, good move. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, Jordan, what did you learn this week, my bubbies? So, uh, this is one I had in the holster, and it might have been a little bit more applicable last week when the Ice Cats were still playing the uh, the Caps. But um, talk to me. I was, you know, I'm watching a little bit more, uh, a little bit more Hawks than I'm used to, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get a little bit more info. And I, Ovechkin, everyone has known about for a long time. He's an amazing player, but um, I was just a little bit more interested in who he was. And what I learned this week is that my man's, I know you call him Alexander Ovechkin, but soon you're going to be calling him Doctor Ovechkin. Ooh. And so, and and let me let me just throw this out there on the front end. He's a doctor in Russia. I was so just about I don't to know say how much you want to give that. I was that. just about to say I was like, 
is where is he a doctor? Because like Putin will just throw that DR in front of his name just because of his accomplishments. The 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 Federal Science Center of Sports and Culture at the Sports Ministry of Russian Federation in Saint Petersburg. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> or like, yeah. So um, basically. This was a couple months ago, but they uh, had a hearing and approved him for the discussion and the defense of his P- PhD dissertation. The dissertation what was, wa- it? was com- uh, comparative analysis of professional hockey training methods in North America and Russia. Doing a classic, you know, USA versus let me USSR. Guess, let me guess whose was better. Yeah. So that's, uh, and, and if approved, um, he will become a PhD of pedagogical sciences pedagogical 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 sciences research based education strategies to help young people learn I mean there's a lot of real see this is classic Russia man there's a lot of really big words in there where it's just yo you're helping young kids yeah so you're helping you're just kind of like you, you just learned it. You, you you put together a really good uh, training and exercise for kids that want to play hockey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was funny because it's like you get that and you're just like, I'm thinking about you like toothless yugging beers like after practice <laughs> and again at 5 a.m., you know, because you're just fucking Russian. Dr. Ovi. Yeah. So it's weird that you found time to also do all that stuff. But... In all seriousness, because it sounds like it, it, it does sound like sounds pretty cool though, right? It sounds like you know, I mean, he obviously grew up in Russia and then now he plays in America, so he's seen both sides of developmental leagues and like you know the training that that, that goes into like being a hockey player. Absolutely. So he definitely has like a good perspective on it and all the contacts of people to talk to and yeah. like interview and deal with that stuff on a daily basis. You know. Yeah. That's and 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 it's just a good. You just you you pop the dr on it. After he retires, the OV camps are just a, they're a nationwide thing. And, it's like and people, Dr. Ch- call me Dr. Champion, please. Yeah, it's like the Jordan camps stuff that he does like all the time. Yeah. Everyone's clamoring to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, can ah, throw a DR on the front of that. Good so. for him. So that's what I learned this week. Alex, what did you learn this week? I learned this week about the Dublin Whiskey Fire. The Dublin Whiskey Fire. Yes, the Dublin Whiskey Fire of... Uh, in, in June June eighteenth, eighteen seventy four, uh, the fire is believed to have started in uh, Lawrence Malone's bonded uh, storehouse on the corner of Artie Street, where five thousand uh, hogheads is what they call them, but they're basically barrels of whiskey. But they call no. them hogheads. Oh shoot! Hold on. Wow. Is someone dead? Is it Ian? It's not. It's Ian. He's on his way over. He won't know any of this because he doesn't listen anymore. Nah, it was, it was Jack. He wants to talk about the heat game, I'm sure. Sorry about that. Wow. I thought I had him do undisturb. I did. I just went at, yeah, whatever. I mean, Alex is loud wrong. Um, so, <laughs> 5,000 hogheads. Uh, yeah, please call it in, that. In, Not in, barrels. In, in the bonded storehouse, uh, um, which which came out, which, which come to, out to about uh, $4.5 million dollars. Uh, just uh, just a shade under six. The exact cause of the fire, though, is unknown, but it's known to have started between 4.30, uh, uh, 4.30 uh, p.m. that night. Then it was checked at 8.30, and then they knew, like, shit was going down. Um, at around 9.30, the bear, from the heat from the fire, just started making these hog heads explode. 
sending streams of whiskey flowing throughout the doors and windows of the burning building. So, it, it in this one night, it killed 13 people. Sick. Uh, and resulted in $6 million of uh, worth of damage, like I said. Um... People were drinking uh, the six inches deep river of whiskey that was that is said to have flowed uh, from from the Coombe. That's the name of the uh, the town. Um, none of the fatalities uh, suffered though during the fire were due to smoke inhalation, burns, or anything. They were all from alcohol poisoning. Oh my god, <laughs> honey, go inside and unhook the bathtub. Like, apparently, they like they were apparently like, just like thousands of like uh, Irish uh, villagers were like. Just scooping it up, like, off of, like, the... Because, like, apparently it was just going down, like, these streets and shit. And they were just drinking it right off the rip right there. I love I love the idea of we could we could basically, like, get a, our own barrel and just collect this all. But they, they started drinking it with their hands and they got so hammered that they forgot. Yeah. So then it all just went away and no one got kept any. Well, I, I, and I can see it, too. I can totally see, like, being, like, a poor villager, you know? And, like... You figure out, okay, this is what's happening, and you're just like, I mean, like, fuck, I haven't had whiskey. Drink as much as I can right now. Yeah. Um, I And I also love the idea of them just being like, we got to drink it now. Like, don't even grab all the Tupperware that we have in bottles and stuff and fill those up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Grab they the, don't even grab think the about straw that. Dr- go to the straw drawer. Yeah, yes. You know? Do they have straws back then? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, very quickly, just to clean up on that, hogshead is an English term for a large cask used for delivering beer to a pub or for shipping. It's basically equal to 65 U.S. gallons. There you go. A hogshead. That's where we're going to start. We're, I, we're, I'm we're only going calling to a, it that. Yo, my friend's not. My friend didn't pick up a keg. He picked up a hoghead. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? When, There's when, also, um, I, I think I heard it on um, My Favorite Murder, another one of my favorite podcasts. Um, about there's a similar situation that occurred in I think a northeast town back in like the 18 or early 1900s where in America in America uh-huh. but instead of it being alcohol and it being a fire I think it was the Milk um, or something I think like. it was Boston or somewhere in Massachusetts and it was a big um like cooling tower of molasses Wow. Yeah, so I'm just going to tease that one for you. Go okay, out and take I was about a look. To say, I was about to say, Go yeah, find I, that I was one. I'm about to say, I know we like to keep... Uh, if I know we... Actually, you know what? Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, guys, call in and text us. Uh, what is it? Uh, 305-741-3671. That's it? Okay. That and you look it up and send it in and let us know because we're doing voicemails next week. Yes. We're doing voicemails and stuff next week. We've had a lot in the plates. We haven't been... I know there's a lot in there, so we're going to get to those next week. But somebody look it up, and you will be the first guest feature on What Did You Learn This Week? But it better be good. Well, no, look, no, look up that one. No, no, look no up. I'm saying, oh. give us a report on it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. not too wordy, but not too little. You guys know how, us, you, you guys know the, the yeah. you guys know the deal. I'm hoping so. I hope so. Yeah, Please. give us the molasses, figure, find, find that one out, and, and, and let's, because I want to know that one. Yeah, those are all the deets I'm giving you, you'll find it. All right. Um, okay, so we are going to get right into... The bracket, correct? Yes. Are you Let's, ready? I, I'm ready. Let me adjust the microphone here. Get a setup and stuff. All righty. Let me bring this up just a tad. 
Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's get into it. Um, I'm not going to go down the line again. I don't think we did last time. I'm not going to go down the line. I'm just going to start from the top. Make it drop. Um, no, I think or you. I think give- I think you give. This is the beginning. I think we need to give all the teams and their matchups, and then give the start at the top. Go down real quick and do the first round matches, and then we'll start at the top. Okay. All right. So uh, for the first the first matchup we got, we had Nick Waterhouse versus Gangstar. Very good for that. That's a good start off right there. I like that. Yes. Uh, next, we got Natural Child versus Sunny Boy Williamson. Then we've got the Bar K's versus the Meters. Gonna be a tight one there. That is that that is one that I saw as soon as it went up on the board. I said that's a defensive struggle. That's gonna be a forty-eight to forty-five game. Yeah, that's the coaches. The coaching is gonna have a real big, uh, real big effect. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, next, we got King Tubby versus Erica Badu. Uh, after that, we got Thievery Corporations versus Rick Gretsch. Then we have the Hollies versus Rage Against the Machine. We've got the Fujis versus T-Rex, which I love that one too. And we're going to round it out with Prongbin versus Naz. Some toughies in there for sure. Yeah. So Nick Waterhouse, Gangstar, first matchup. Let's talk you through, man. I think it's a pretty... Um... You've got longevity in one, and you, and you don't you don't have as much in the other one because they're a little bit newer. That, but I also think a you got to go a little bit more on catalog amount of catalog. Okay, that's got to yes. play a big yes. factor catalog. here, which I think Gangstar definitely has, and I think you got to go impact on the culture being the deciding factor. Nick Waterhouse, good, but not um, I think on the same level as Gangstar. I agree, um, and I think um, they're like you, like you just like like you just point out. You've got the catalog in there, and, uh, and and I think really the what really just totally tips the whole thing over is just impact on the genre. Yeah, and on the on, on this the wasn't a blowout game, but this wasn't a, a buzzer beater either. This was Gangstar led from the get and won by ten points. All right, so we got Gangstar moving on on that one. This is uh, this is good. Natural Child versus Sunny Boy Williamson. You've got the, you've got dad versus you know you got the old timer. You got that's the like great grandpa, gra- great grandpa. Great, yeah, versus you know the grandchild. To me, this is easy just based on um, you know which one I would listen to more, less than impact of what they did, and I I totally on Natural Child. I am as well. I okay. am as well. I am. I am as well. I think if Sunny Boy, even though with there's not really, there, you know, you, you can make the argument there's no natural child without Sunny Boy Williamson. Sunny Boy, uh, I can make that kinda, argument. You, what? I can make that argument. You can make the argument. I'm saying you can make the argument, but I think with Sunny Boy Williamson, um, I think what's going to affect him here is just the time and the era he grew up in, and, and there just someone kind of jacked your shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you can't let someone come take your shit. That's on you, bro. Someone came up and they and, and they took your back. They took your cookies. Yeah. All right. So we got Nat Child here. All right. Let's get to the one. Let's get to the. This is this is the one. This is the one that everybody's. Uh, they're recording. We got the Barkays versus the Meters. Very evenly matched. You start us off here. You got what do you the Barkays out of Ohio. Uh, you know, in in that whole entire scene, you got the meters from New Orleans in there, creating their own J- New Orleans jazz funk sound. 
Um, I, I'm, the, the Barkays, one, I think you really got to give them, you got to give one to them for the survival. Because remember, the, the, the plane crash took that whole motherfucker out. Yeah, anytime you can come back from that, like, that definitely gives you a little extra cred, and it adds cachet to the band. And if I remember correctly, too, the 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 coming out after the plane was really when they did most of their damage. If I remember, I think most of their hits um, were after. You know, that's a good. We'd have to like look at that. Um, I think though they were that, the house band at uh, at uh, was it Stack Records? I I'm with you, and I think that my. My my heart says the meters, but my head says the barques. Yeah, like the meters here, I think are in, is one that like you know this is hard. Like if, this is a lose lose really because the meters, you know, dude, they've they've they created their own they created their own genre, the New Orleans funk. I don't want to say this. This is kind the of, Neville the Neville family are just like on the fucking Hall of Fame of New Orleans. You know, what kind I mean? of a hot take though. New Orleans, so much of the music, in its own sense. And the intricacies of it is great, but a lot of it is from that same genesis and sound. If the meters had never come around, there would have been a different version of the meters there. That's a good. Uh, I like that. That's and actually, I don't I like think that. the barques. It would be. It would be necessarily okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're agreeing on a lot of these. We don't usually. Um, I think like we've already would have flipped the coin I, by I, now. I I have a few that I think we're just about to get into, and I think I think that might happen. Okay, uh, next we've got King Tubby versus Erica Badu. This one, this one I feel like isn't really fair to King Tubby. I don't think it is, but you, if, what would you imagine? Who would be someone that would have been like a good matchup? You have an old, well, I mean, old you've got beginning here, of the I, reggae, I mean, like the reggae days. Old, old guy, kind of like the Sonny Boy Williamson conundrum. Oh, you mean up against King Tubby? Yeah, is that not what you mean? Oh, oh, I thought you were going to go the other way. Well, because I'm, I'm leaning towards Badu. Oh, I'm totally on Badu. Okay. And you said it's unfair, and my point is is that for King Tubby to win a matchup, it would have to be another like pioneer of a different genre, and he like edges them out somehow. You know what I mean? King that's, Tubby and, and Sonny Boy Williamson would have been a fairly good matchup. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right? Because Badu, I mean, although there's some recency bias because she's much more um, of like a contemporary, the thing is, she her albums, I mean, her first album went three-time platinum. Yeah. That's not fucking around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and then there's been, mo you know, many after that too. So, all right. So, bad dude. All right, bad dude's moving on there. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a tough matchup for 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 Keith. That they had to overcome a little bit. They were a small school though that came into this. They were they were kind of just happy. But to we'll be see here. them back again. Yeah, you they'll know, be we'll there. See, they'll be back at the tourney. It'll be a couple more years, but they'll get back. They'll in. be back. They'll be dancing. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got Thievery Corporation versus Rick Gretsch. To me, this is a no-brainer. Rick Gretsch. With the stuff that he did with uh, Blind Faith, I mean, he was in Eric Clapton's pocket, which is like gives you like that's kind of being knighted. You know, I'm looking at this now, and I'm almost thinking King Tubby and Thievery would also have been a good matchup. Because, that would have been a good one, yeah. Because once again, you got you know a big dog going up against a a, a Chihuahua, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. I think that's I, I mean I think we know what to do here. Gretch, right? Yeah. 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 I looked over. I don't know why, but I looked. I was like, I was like, he means Gretch. And then when I looked at you, your face screamed, "Flip a coin to me." 
How did I? How did you? After that soliloquy, how did you think that thievery was even in the conversation? I don't know. 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 Okay, I love that. Gretch. Gretch. <laughs> Rick Gretch. That was a good gig. Go check out Rick Gretch if you guys have it. Um, the Hollies versus Rage Against the Machine. This is a good one. This is a bit of a toughie for me. I mean, you know which way I'm gonna lean. I'm all rage. You're cage. all rage. You're I'm rage, rage cage. cage. Yeah, I'm like, and I I'm know Hollies. I think your heart's telling you one thing, but your brain knows where it should be. My thing with with rage though is like they both had just as many hits. First of all, they both had just as many hits that 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 made it to the chart, and you can easily, if not, I would. I mean, because I'm, well, I mean, I'm going Hollies here. Uh, uh, long cool woman in in a black dress. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a way bigger hit than any rage song ever had. Would you agree on that? Um, I think, yeah, I think that might also be a distillation of the times. How it's, much but music it's was out? Fact, though. I'm not disagreeing that it's not. I think a fact. we're gonna have to grab a coin on this one because I'm I'm not gonna I won't move off Hollies. I'm also not budging. You're not moving off rage. I'm not moving. Okay, so he is walking over to the same. What is that? Is that a Stein? Yep. A big Stein that he's got. Are you ever gonna cash that in? I've done it twice before. Okay, so that's just we're, in we're the. We're around three with that. Okay. All right. So you have picked the coin. What do you have here? Um. Uh, what what kind of coin and what year? We've got a 1991 uh uh quarter quarter. And is that okay? So that doesn't have a state on it. Uh, no, no, no. It's, okay, this two, is, this two is OG. Two this is OG. 91, good year. Uh, All right, so what? what is what? I think you go right there as it is. I'll give you tails. You want tails? I want tails. I can tell. You can I have like tails. heads, though, but I'm, I'm going tails. All right. Rage moves on! I don't like that at all. Guess what? That's part of why you flipped the coin. That's okay. That's... That, that one... The hall... A... I'm I'm just me right now. Can I speak just to the me? team? Just to the team. Just to me and Mike. Just to the team here. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Hollies, great run, great run. You uh, you just they 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 shot they shot the lights out of the gym as they say. You know what I mean? Like they never missed a shot. You guys played amazing. Who would no one would have no one saw that coming? Mm. But you know you uh, we all know you'll be back here next year. You know, I, I, I'm gonna see. I know all of your your moms and dads at this point. You know, we've gotten so close, but you know that this is what this is why we love sports. This is what you learn from it. You, you bounce back, and you know, like the great uh, Kelly Clarkson said, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Guys, she you, you just ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. That's it. So, all right. So, moving on, we got the Fugees versus T Rex. Now. This is another would, one that's separated by, honestly, I, a, a surprisingly close amount of time, right? Like, uh, you would think they're years and years and years apart, right? Well, I mean, this is the problem, because you would think I would normally want to go T-Rex, but I don't think you can ignore just the absolute number ones after number ones from the Fugees, and, and you throw the Lauren Hill in there and the White Clef in there, kind of... Well, the reason that the Fuji's I mean, is a bit, like it's a bit unfair because they all, or at least 
you know, like you just said, Lauren Hill and Probably. Wyclef were so successful even after. Yeah. So you kind of give them what their solo careers, you kind of give the Fuji but some of that. If I, if, if I remember, you wasn't, this is the, when you did the Peacock, isn't it to this day still the all uh, most sold uh, all time out of all, like, it's like of one like of R&B or like. No, no, that was that was Lauren Hill's uh, solo album, but the the I score was up there. the score, score was like top ten. At one 10. point, it was. I thought at one oh, point yeah. it was until it was it at, got knocked off by whatever. Yes, correct. Yeah, I think that is undeniable. I agree. I mean, I think once again, although they were a comet streaking through the sky, they put an an album out that will be played like fucking forever. Yeah. And, and that right there, even one album, that's a just you, can't you know. Really say that. I mean, Electric Warrior was great, but it, it's no the score. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. All right. Uh, to round out this first round here, we've got Krongbin versus Nas. I'm gonna let you take the driver's seat on this one. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of talk it through. Okay. Let's go. So one, I'm going to delete my recency bias out because I just saw them like two weeks ago. So I'm obviously like, you know, I'm rock hard on them, but you're also, you're a judge. Yes. As you know, this you're a local magistrate and I need you to be impartial. Right. So I'm going to take my recency bias out of it. And, um, I am going to, I'm going to lean. I'm going to, I'm going to go Naz on this one for these reasons. One, they, they, Todd Rundgren, for what, you know, I dogged him a lot during that episode, but I mean, he is a household name. He's, he's very successful in rock. He was, this was his first band. That coupled with uh, their their sound and the drummer, for me, uh, I'm going to go Naz. Krongbin's great. They, they're instrumental, though, and I think that hurts them a little bit. Absolutely. And so... And the, and you know and they've only had like you know two albums out and I'm gonna I'm gonna say for those reasons I'm gonna go with Naz on their 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 employees over there and uh they their sound and their sound because that the, that they they really hit the, that 60s garage rock on on the nose and that's that's my final answer on that. Yeah, I think it's clearly Naz on this. Now, I want to give a shout-out to Krungbin, but it definitely hurts your case when, as a band, I want you to have all the tools in your kit already. And the fact that it only enhances your sound when you go out and get someone to add to your song, I feel like makes it... Because when you told me you went to them and they didn't have anyone there performing or did very little vocals, I was like... Eh, I don't know if I'd love that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's always better when you have them and the music. And but I'll, you said they did a good job. So well, and the critics said, you know, like anyone you talk to and like anything you read, their favorite, their most, their their favorite album up to date, as you even said, is the Leon Bridges one, Texas Sun, and it's because you have yeah Leon Bridges singing on your stuff. On your stuff, yeah. So, but I also, I mean. They are, once again, team that probably shouldn't have made it in the tournament, made it in the tournament, had a good run to get in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, this was a, a close game, but I think you got to give it to Nats. Yeah, yeah. They brought a very different style offense, a, a new, more progressive style, which I think we'll see in the future a lot more. Yes. You know? We'll see you back. Okay. Um, let's, let's start from the bottom and go back up top. Okay. Okay? 
So with that we got we got Naz right up against the Fujis again, and this is something that the Naz. Unfortunately, you got through Krongbin, but there's no way you're gonna get through the Juggernaut that is the Fujis. Agree. There's so, just it's it's, it's just, this was this was really your first matchup. You know, it was your first win in tournament history. You were super stoked on it, but now you play Kansas. We're going Fujis over Naz uh, unanimous there. Yeah. Next up, we got Rick Gretsch versus Rage against the Machine. Um, where's your head at here? My head is uh. My head is honestly rage, my and, and, and it's and it's actually a little simple. It is pretty simple for me. Okay, uh, rage just they, they they just their own sound, like they they got you know way more hits than Gretsch ever did. Gretsch was linked up with cool people and he was in a lot of early bands, but he's also a bassist. So I mean, I yeah, say you, that. I hate to be you like, have you a know, bassist up against one of the largest bands of the nineties. Yeah, and that's just kind of like unfair for it sucks, but it's just that's which now puts not that we together, don't love the bass. Trust me, you and you I are some funk brothers. We love the bass, but absolutely, it's absolutely, just, it's the bass at the end of the day. Yes. So we're gonna go rage. Okay, 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 okay. We're getting down to it here. We've got the Bar K's versus Erica Badu. <sighs> I'm like I'm gonna let you wow take this one and, and talk to me about this one. I mean, the, there's certainly going to be some bias with one person that I love and one person like a new lover that was just introduced to me, which makes this very difficult. Um, I think on the count of three. Okay, ready? One, two. Three Badu. Badu. Okay, yeah. Badu, Badu, Badu. Yeah. I think wow, right. I thought you were about to just be entrenched in barking. No, I wanted. I, I sat here as you were speaking, and I was looking at it, and I was like, seriously, Alex, seriously. And I was like, Badu, Badu whoops up the bar case any day, I think. Yeah, but they're, they're, some of their hits are iconic. Yes. They yes. do have a couple iconic hits, which makes this... I think a closer game than maybe anyone was expecting. Yes, yes. If that if that makes sense, because yes. there is some respect there with some of those songs being like household bad bad dudes going up to the bar case after the game and like they're like they 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 can do the hug and then they speak in each other's ear and they cover their mouths and they're talking for a while. Yes, and she it's like it's kind of like. Yo, it, like you wish you you want to know what they said, but you but you know whatever was said was it was here. It was from yeah, the heart. Yeah, yeah, it was one hundred. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, rounding out the uh, top four here, we've got Gangstar versus versus Natural Child, and this one's easy. This one's easy, right? Um, I, I mean, I'm uh, I. I mean, you've got you've got Primo and Guru and like their catalog versus. You know, a, a nice little underdog in the back country of Nashville, which we which we love the we love the authenticity of it. But I think Gangster's got a little bit more authenticity. I mean, the way you're putting it right now, I'm picking down what you're putting up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm 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 picking up what you're putting you wanna, down. But you also want to you want to give child. I'm I'm, wanna... I'm slowing down this victory, yeah. which is clearly a blowout because I want to make sure Natural Child is given their due. Because there are very few p bands that I think that still do it uh, and can still do what they used to do. And I really like their vibe and their sound. Yeah, this one's being played at home and in Natural Child's home. 
and their home fans are giving them a standing O at the end of this and super proud. Yeah, and like the Duke that came into town, they're not mashing it down their throats. They're going to win comfortably by 18 and move to the next game. All right. Look All at right. look at this uh, look at this matchup. This, this, this final good. four that we this have. This might here. be the closest final four we've had in a while since like maybe the Gorillas won. I'm not. I think both of these matchups are insane. I got. I, I kept. I kept the uh, the quarter close. The quarter's in the pocket. Just. The, I, I think we might have to. Get, we might be broke. Broke out here. Going once more. Uh, Gangstar versus Bad Dude. Let's just get it out of the uh, way. Okay. Let's just get it out of the way. Gangstar versus Bad Dude. Now, I th- the first thing I, I th- are you leading anyone off the rip? Are you leaning anywhere? Here, I am not. No, no, I'm right in the middle. The thing is, you got two groups that essentially started right around the same time, and to me, it's a which genre do you enjoy more, and who did more for that genre? Those are the questions I think need to be answered to pick a winner. I think I agree with I agree. Let's take into account which who did more for the genre, but I think also the other thing that needs to be taken into account here because is Gangstar, Badu. It's her. She's she's the superstar, but Gangstar has I I think two. Yeah, but so I think that weighs a little bit in in Gangstar's favor of like they have they got Primo and Guru. Yeah, but one is I think audible compared to the other, where one is audible and one is through they're through different mediums. Right. So it's not like it's a it's the combo, you know, like Outcast sort of two stars. Now let's go f- back to for to the for the genre. Who did more? I think there's been other versions of gang stars. I think Badu out there. has done more. I think Badu has done more for R and B and hip hop fusion and where you know there was in 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 uh the 90s there was clearly hip hop and there was clearly R&B and she's one of the first that started to really intermingle those things um and change that Badu I'm going Badu after after laying out both sides I think I can comfortably go Badu I'm going to go I'm going to go Badu Badu you're bad dude too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I never say bad dude, so I don't know why I said it like you. It's Badu. Badu, you. Said That's it. me. Well, it's because I said it. Yeah, it's because I said it. Now this, I think, right here, this might be the AFC Championship game that you're like, I wish this was the world, uh, the the you know the, the Super is, Bowl. Yeah. Because I don't know, this is to me a really really interesting matchup. We've got Rage Against the Machine versus the Fugees. Um. Both, I think you could probably pretty much say they started a genre. Yes. And yes. are. Or, a, or a, a, they started a subgenre. They started a subgenre. Yes. And are synonymous with said subgenre. 100%. So I think you, you, they, both, they both get that. Uh, they both. Ironically, they both have. Um, you've got Tom Morello and, uh, and Zach De La Roche in Rage, and then you've got Wyclef and Lauren in Fuji's. Boom again, right there, right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I think what this is going to come down to are our hits. I think what's going to come down to are Billboard hits. 
That's interesting because and and one thing also to consider is if you really took like Rage's beget like first time they were together in air quotes like it was probably a little bit longer but also similar to the Fugees where they had, they you know they were around they put a couple albums out and then that was it. Yes. Yeah. So that's both, also something their that longevity I think was was equal. Yeah, and they both kind of did the same thing where they like came back and like did a tour or like did one concert, you know what yeah. I mean, here and there. Um I have a way that I'm leaning. I have I have a way that I'm leaning as well. I'm leaning Fuji's a little bit. I'm leaning Fuji's. You're leaning Fuji's as well. But I don't want to discount the the sound cuz like the Fuji's did to me, they did like the refugee kind of laden hip hop islands, you know, all that infusion and different I mean, these, sounds. These these but, groups came out at the same time. Yeah, and Rage, but also Rage, put some hits together and really kind of, man, it's tough. Should I think I, I think I'm going Fuji's. I, I'm gonna go Fuji's too, but I. I Again, with the Fugees, it just comes back to just the absolute number of number one number one hits that they had, mm-hmm. and just the and then and just the score like it like it was number one for like ten plus years. It was stupid. Yeah, but and and the the reason I'm the only thing that's that's making me not say the Fugees is essentially they had two albums of which the first was eh. Right. And then you come out with like an all-timer of all-timers and then there's like nothing after that as a group technically. Which one which one which uh group would you say has had more artists to come out after that are like them after? Not not impact on a genre. Which which group has had more? Probably the Fugees. I think so too. Because Badu is such her own person that it's hard to recreate her or do anything like what she does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and I think rage, there's not been a lot after that. I think they're honestly I mean, you've one got of the your, last like, real rock and roll band. You got your like limp biscuits that were kind of, you know, hip hoppy Rocky and, you know, corn kind of d- dabbled in that too a little bit, but there's not a lot of bands that were like, Still and, and came out after that that still had that same sound. Not that because Rage, they couldn't do yeah, it. Rage. I think honestly started the genre and kind of ended the subgenre. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no one could really every, do it. Every band was like trying to do. They're just like we're just we're not even as close as good. So let's just go back to playing classic rock. Yeah, you know? exactly. All right, we're going Fuji's, and which which makes for an absolutely incredible final. Wow, which makes for an absolutely incredible final. If you haven't been. Uh, 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 following along this whole time, we've got Erica Badu versus the Fugees in the final here. This is this is what you wanted, man. This is what you wanted. This is what the TV networks. This is, the, this is what they pay for. This is the package deals that they want and pay for. Yep. Um, I honestly I can't even go through these two because I I think I can make a, a counter argument for every argument that I make for one. Absolutely. That there's the you know the Badu's got the Grammys, the Fuji's got the Grammys. Yep. They both. I I don't know if Badu's hits went as high as the Fuji's hits. 
nor do I know. But I think she had ones on several albums. She has had over albums. Yeah, but now even and here's something interesting about Badu because a lot of the things that she won was actually not like her own song. It'd be like a collaboration, so, mm-hmm. you know, with the Roots, one with Common, stuff like that. But um, she has a I don't want to say shocking amount, but her catalog isn't huge. Yes. She's got, I believe, five albums. But I mean, or just kind of like you said, though, like, you know, they ha- the Fugees had the two before that were like, ah, eh, and then really just they had the score. So you could kind of say the Fugees like, catalog isn't like this vast thing either. No, it's the smallest. Right? It's it's the biggest conundrum, and it's, I think, the biggest drawback to the Fugees yeah. is how little they have. But what's happening is their solo careers are sneaking into your head. But I, and we're, we're not allowed to do that, right? Well, that's the part of like in the courtroom where I'm not allowed to say it, but I'm like... Hearsay, hearsay. Yeah, like I'm, I'm letting that creep in because in reality, you know, I think the, the fact that they didn't fizz at, fizzle out after, right? Just hear me out on this. So they didn't put this album out and then all become hermits or put music out and people didn't like it. Yes. So it affirms the fact that what they put together was actually like, they're really good. I'm going Fuji's. I'm going Fuji's. I'm going like, I'm going Fuji's. After that, I like that last part. I'm going Fuji's for that reason. Yeah. I think we have to go. I think we have to, I think for the culture and who they are, they, they truly blended some shit that um, I don't think anyone else has done. There you have it. The last wow. one this weekend is the Fugees, and I feel very good about all of our. We only had to flip once. Yeah, I, well, I think I think just the matchups made it to where you and I were more agreeable. Yeah. So I know I. So we've got. So can we can we just quickly review our final four? Yeah. Can you? I don't know. Can you? Yeah. So we've got. Uh, the uh Rod Temperton. We got Rod Temperton. We have Mayor Hawthorne. Mayor Hawthorne, and this is the one I was forgetting. Is it the Gorillas or Danger Mouse? It's I think Danger we said Mouse. Danger because they. It was Danger Mouse. It was Danger Mouse, and I wanted it to be Gorillas, and that's the same one for the Hollies versus Rage for me. Okay. Yes. So fuck yes, you on yes, that. Yes. So. And then we got the Fuji. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we'll be probably, we're probably, I mean, we're still going to, we'll, but we we could be looking at what? Temperton versus Hawthorne and uh, Mouse versus Fuji's. Yeah. Is that, the, is that the potential matchup? I, I think, think right now, at? yeah. It depends how we're going to continue to seed this though. You're right. Yeah. We got so the we'll, commission. We're going to have to, the commission will meet and we will be discussing that soon. Yeah. All right, so there you go, you guys. Uh, I, you know, brackets brackets are in, man. Brackets are in, and they're not busted. No, you know what I mean. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's let's. Do, I got a fun one for you. I got a yeah? really fun one for you. Um, it's it's in one. It was one of those two when I started getting into it. I'm learning shit. Oh, I'm learning cool shit. I like those. Yeah, because I I don't like when. It's someone that you've known forever, you love, and somehow I know nothing about. Those are the worst. Yeah. So when I know that you can learn some stuff, even more than probably the little ancillary things you already learned, that makes me excited. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get into it.
Okay, let's get into this week's Peacock in the Music. Like we said, we I've got a fucking great one for you guys. Excited about this one. I've got it's got a little bit of it's definitely got a, uh, some serious like you know meat inside these peppers here. Um, as always, your peacocks, uh, your peacock and music. You can find uh, all the choice tracks and, and songs and stuff if you, if you like what you hear from the peacock and you want to hear some more and it intrigues you. We, uh, we do all the homework for you here. Uh, the playlist is on Spotify exclusively. It's called Peacocks and Music. Go find it. Um, I, uh, I add all the songs there. I even put the little episode before. So if you really want to have like a nice experience, it runs all the way through. You guys know what it is. But sometimes we got new listeners every week. They're, the numbers are there. So we got to make sure everybody knows everything. So uh, stop uh, sliding the DMs and saying that I'm annoying and repetitive because we're, we're running a damn a podcast here. Come on, guys. Okay. So this week, this week's Peacock in Music is Tommy James. Tommy James. Tommy James. Tommy James. He is his. That's his, he's he's mainly known for Tommy James and the and the and the and the Chandels and the Chandels. But it, Tommy James is our peacock. Okay. Uh, April 29th, nineteen forty-seven. To still here. Woo! Tommy James is still here, singer songwriter. Oh, um, he's old as fuck then. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, okay. what, what's was what it forty seven? So was that nine ninety one? Not or, or he's, he's twenty seven, right? Is when he was born. Forty seven. Forty seven. Oh, never mind. No, so he's seventy. Yeah. Okay. Seventy four. Right. Taking all right? the credit away. Seventy five. We go seventy five on that. Yeah, I was laid off. Um, uh, born in Dayton, Ohio, but later moved to Niles, Michigan. Uh, he was a child model at the age of four. Oh, okay. You know. Just that 1951 child model in the Sears catalog. Was he in Sears? I don't know, but that's what I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is cool, though. Uh, in, in 1959, at the age of 12, he started his first band called The Echoes, um, which uh, later became uh, Tom and the Tornadoes, and then uh, eventually did end up being Tommy James and the Shondells. So he kind of like... He was always the one that was naming the bands. They were always his bands. Everyone knew it from the get-go, basically. Is... Yeah, well, I mean, if, you're, if your name's going to be, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're doing a, insert guy's name here, and thus, or anything like that, like, that guy started the band. Yeah, well, it's it, it's the reason, um, it, uh, what's it, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Sammy, what's 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 Sammy? Sammy Davis. No, what the the one that that uh, that Happy Chinooka, uh, Smokey Robinson. Smokey <laughs> <laughs> Robinson like, is, is, is Sammy Watkins. Yeah, no. Uh, um, uh, Smokey Robinson is he's the perpetrator and, and the reason why there's all the and thus because he was first in the miracles and he was basically the band he was writing he was like the main guy the main voice so after like a couple albums he went back to the band and, and told motown uh we're changing the name of this band to Smokey robinson and the miracles because i'm the fucking man and there and every, so he did it like after the fact oh yeah like the first like you know few albums are just the miracles they're called the miracles mm. and then like you know he was just writing hits he was writing hits for everyone else at motown too and he went to barry gordon and was like uh no, 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 no. 
we're putting Smokey Robinson the miracles like I'm the man. Barry was like, I, I'm with you, and his band was like, uh, yeah, as long as we keep getting checks. Ooh. And then as soon as he did that, the Supremes, they Diana Ross did the same thing. She was like, yo, Smokey did what? Now we're calling it Diana Ross and the Supremes. Damn. So that and so like they're the first ones that started that in the fifties, and then this pretty much set the precedent of like, hey, if you're the fucking man in the band, it's gonna be called you and the Blas. Um, did um the Commodores? Did he? Uh, he it's it's uh. Or did he, he just go solo? He kind of just left. Like once they kind of okay. just went, that he was just like, I can do this on my own. Okay. But like Lionel uh, Richie. That's but what I was uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, David Ruffin tried to do that in the Temptations. When he when he started getting it was like him and Eddie Kendrick were both like the two like main guys in there, but you know David really started like you know being like the better one, and he went to the Temptations where it was like, yo, we do when David Ruffin and the Temptations are like fucking, I'm out, and the Temptations said, uh, kick rocks. Did he leave? And he left, and he and he went on to have a uh, he have a like a, a great success on his own, mm. and the Miracles st- they they stuck with Eddie Kendrick and like they won and the the Temptations. Uh, you know, I still had like a great career after, but they were the one band though in that whole they called the bluff Motown thing. Yeah, they were just like, see you later, bro. Because he was Damn. also apparently like a super like shitty person and terrible to get along with. Like he was a wife beater. Like, everyone in the band just hated him. So like once he did, oh, they were just, but like, that makes it easy then. If yeah. they're like a shitty person, you know, uh, yeah. you know what I mean, and they're like the cause of the angst in the group. Yeah, then you're just like, this makes this decision even easier. Yeah, Smokey I wasn't an asshole. He was, yeah, he was I mean, Smokey. Yeah, Happy Chinooka. <laughs> Um, all right, so a local radio DJ um, had a record label, and he invited Tommy to come down and record some music, and they ended up recording this uh, uh, a cover song called Hanky Panky, and uh, they released it, got no traction because the record label put no promotion or anything into it, so it just pretty much died on the spot. Mm-hmm. But a local dance promoter uh, named Bob Mack uh, found a copy of the of the 45 in in a record bin, um, and he brought it to the club and was playing it at the club, and the club really liked it. The people really took on to it, and no one knew who Tommy James was. It was just this really obscure record on like this no, you couldn't even like contact the record label, and so a local music bootlegger in uh in Pittsburgh, um grabbed the copy from Bobby Mack, from Bob Mack, and bootlegged like 8,000, 80,000 copies. And, and apparently he, he, he bootlegged and pressed like 100,000 copies of, the, of this thing because apparently it was like wildfire in Pittsburgh and they sold 80,000 in 10 days. Wow. And, and Tommy has no idea this is happening in Pittsburgh because it's bootlegged. So yeah, absolutely. no one knows shit. And it's like back then. It's not like on Twitter where Ooh, it's just like this, they're playing your shit over here. Dude. This is 1959. Yeah, this is 19, he has or, no or this is this is like he has not, no clue. Yeah, so uh, it's it's such a hit. Um, uh, Bob Mack hits up Tom. He's like, "Yo, this shit's fucking hot fire here." He, he's like, "You got to come to the club. You got to play it like live. Like we'll make you know boatloads of cash." Like, and he's what like, a hustler. Yeah. So and Tommy's like, "Huh? What? Okay. Fuck. All right." So Tommy, uh, they they go down. He go he flies down to Pittsburgh, and you know sees like sees what's happening here, and they uh, also link up with the club's um, uh, 
what is it here? The talent, yeah, the talent. He's the the talent booker for the for the club too in Pittsburgh. And so the, those three, that trio, uh, basically, and it's it's uh, they're both are brothers. The brothers Max is what I was what I kept calling them, and they pretty much told Tyler like, yo, let's we we could you're good, man. We can do this. Let's go to like let's shop this record to you know uh, record labels in New York. And Tommy was like, "Fuck it, let's do it, man!" Like, because at this point, uh, he his his band kind of broke up, and so he didn't really have he wasn't really doing shit. Mm -hmm. So they went to um, New York, and a uh, very cool, interesting story when they're shopping this record. So they're shopping this record to all of these uh, record labels, and they shop it to this one record uh, label called Roulette Records. Uh, they didn't show like any interest in it. They were like actually the last record label they, that they went and shopped it to. But all the other ones that they shopped it to, they had a lot of really good feedback right then and there. Like when they were playing it for them, like the people were, were interested. Mm -hmm. And so the next day, um, they were getting all of these calls from all of these record labels that were politely you know, turning him down. And like they, the three of them were like, what the fuck? Like they loved it when we played for him. Like what happened now? Hmm. And so, um, uh, Bob Mack, uh, cause he's got, you know, he, Oh, that was another thing too. The two brothers, they have some ties to record like, the industry and stuff. They're not just like, you know, these club promoters and bookers and stuff. So they hit up their people to be like, yo, what happened? And apparently, and this is when they uh, when they call up their buddy Jerry Wexler. Uh oh, <laughs> remember old Jerry? Oh yeah, from Atlantic Records. Yeah, Muscle, Muscle Shoals. Shoals all, yeah. yeah, Jerry Wexler, always weaving himself inside of uh, now these peacocks. I love it. Jerry Wexler. They they talk to Jerry, and Jerry's like, so uh, basically what happened? He's like, what we all found out is he's like all of us. Uh, at the, he goes everyone at Atlantic, and and he goes and a couple of my other buddies. Uh, from the other record labels, all we all got calls this morning from Roulette Records and the uh, the 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 label head over there, and he fucking told all of us that he had already signed you and that we weren't allowed to sign like you weren't you weren't we weren't allowed to sign him because he was already signed. So we all just backed off and and, and like and so and so basically he was like he's like that's he's like that's what happened. He's like they just kind of like pulled a move. So everyone kind of just like now all the record labels are like, all right, well, fuck, we don't really know what to believe here. Mm. So we're kind of like, we're but did they? Actually, they liked them. But did they actually have that Roulette Records didn't have? A no, deal? and they no, they didn't. They didn't. They, that guy just like played to like did just did like a move and like called all these like you know big time record labels and stuff. And so by that, so by the end of the day, all these record labels kind of didn't know like what to believe and they didn't really want to like. You know, like he was, I mean, the song wasn't that good, you know what I mean? But it was yeah. like, so there was like, see, their only choice was at that point was Roulette, because then Roulette Records came in like, yo, we want you. So like, that was like their only choice. What a power move. Yeah, total power And move. it worked out, because I feel like you could be like, you go back to Atlantic and, and, and uh, Wexler, and you're just like, no, 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 that wasn't true. Like, I, I could sign with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they didn't think about that. They're, yeah. It's like and, they were drinking the whiskey with the straw. When they should have been getting the picture, right? Exactly. Mm. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, and you know, obviously back then, like with data, you know, no one can call each other. Like you just believed it, and you were like, all right, bet, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, old Jerry Wexler in there giving us the goods, giving us the tea on that. Love that. Um. So, like I said, you know, so they got the the Roulette Records um 
uh, record deal. And like I said, at this point, you know, Tommy's his band had been broken up for like two years now. So once he got the deal, they needed he needed he needed a band. So the the brothers Max uh, took him back to Pittsburgh and hooked him up with the uh, the club's uh, band there. But Tommy didn't really it didn't work out with him. He didn't really like him. But he, the guitarist was really cool, and the guitarist took Tommy uh, over to the Thunderbird Lounge, this other place that he liked to go to. And Tommy um, ended up going on stage with the house band there, singing with them. All like really like worked out and went really well, and uh, so he was like, "Yo, you guys, uh, I, you, I, you know, I want you guys to be like, you know, my, be my band. And, you know, you down?" They're like, and they're like, "Yeah." And he was, and he was like, "Well, what's your guys' name?" And the name of their house band at the Thunderbird Lounge is the Raconteurs. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I know these were things I was like, "This is so cool." Damn. So and like Tommy was like, "All right, well." You know, like we're not gonna go rack, like Tommy James and the Raconteurs. We're gonna go Tommy Ga- Tommy James and the Shandells. So the Raconteurs changed their name to the Sh- to the Shandells. Okay. Yeah. So this is when. So after that, so that Raconteurs thing happened to me, and obviously, if anyone doesn't know out there, my brother is in a band called the Raconteurs with Jack White. Blah 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 blah. So that was a cool, interesting thing with the band name thing. I wonder. So and that was that's like this mid sixties. Yeah, this is in the middle of sixties. Like next time I, I was my brother, I'm like, hey, did you know? Because like, what if they had gotten big under that name, and then the raconteurs by your brother would never have existed, at least as the name. Or what if, or what if like Tommy didn't make him change the name, and they were Tommy James and the Shonda and the and the raconteurs? Exactly. You know, Damn. like whatever. So I was like, all right, that's cool, Bandy, that's cool. And then it made, and then it hit me like while I was doing my research, and I was like, wait, what's a Shondell? Um, what's Tommy? J- what's a Shondell? A Shondell. Can, do you have the spelling? Can you hit me with the spelling? S H O N D E L L, a Shondell. Um, I'm gonna go. This is what it gets just even better. I'm gonna go like an old, an old mystic instrument from like the Viking era. No, okay, so <laughs> no, and I and I sw- and, and and Jordan, I need you to please believe me on this. This is the exact, I wrote it word for word, the definition of a Shondell. I wrote it word for word. Shondell. Okay? Okay. A Shondell is a very funny tall guy. Super nice, careful, with a warm, sweet personality, and loves music. He tends to be uh, a troublemaker, but loves to have fun. Everyone loves Shondell. And then the, the uh, sentence that they used it in was... This girl, her name was Tiffany in it, and it said, I just met this guy who made me feel so special. He's such a Shondell. I don't know anyone like that. I'm a Shondell. I don't know anyone I'm a like Shondell. that. I, I want everyone to start referring to me. Ben Bens- or, uh, Benson and the Shondells. I'm a Shondell, dude. Tall guy. I mean, that was me. Troublemaker, tall, funny. Man, first name of your kid. I dude, I mean seriously, Shondell Benson. Yeah, with the as the middle name. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. All right. So, um uh Tommy James links up with uh, Richie Cordell, uh, and they write a bunch of hits. Um, I think we're alone now, which you know that one. Mirage, you know that one too, and they also wrote uh uh Moni Moni. Oh, okay. Wrote a bunch of hits together. And uh, 
at this point, you know, they were they had they had a lot of they had a ton of singles. They had a lot of these singles. And James wanted to move toward a more album oriented band because he knew that like that's where the record business was going and you had to have a band, you had to have an album and a conceptual album. And he you know, he's he's looking at the Beatles and stuff and like people are loving the White album. It's not like they're not putting out these singles anymore. Yeah. So Which I think I and I think even you both agree, like I that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a, a piece of art and work, and and the work starts at the front and ends at the back. Well, you gotta you gotta think about too. You have the fifties, like well, like I just talked about with Motown. You, we can all name Smokey and like uh, you know Diana Ross singles. You couldn't. I bet you couldn't name me the name of their albums. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's because Mo, uh, Motown was just churning. They were a singles machine. Well, exactly. And the record came out, and it was that. And maybe one other song, and then your B sides. Yeah, song. and like, even those early Beatles records stuff were, were like that. But then the music industry started to change with you had like Revolver and Rubber Soul, and then even once you started approaching the sixties with like uh, Led Zeppelin albums, like they were conceptual albums with multiple hits on them, and yeah. like that's and that. And he recognized that that's where he needed to go, and, and, and which is smart. Yeah. So on his way to that, uh, George Harrison really likes really likes Tommy James. And uh, George Harrison and the Beatles, uh, when they started Apple Records, um, they actually signed this group called Grapefruit. And like all the Beatles were working, kind of like working and writing with this, this, this band, you know, because they were one of the first bands that they had they signed to the record label. And George Harrison um, had a couple songs that they had written together with Grapefruit, but they just never made the album. But he thought they would be perfect for... Uh, for Tommy James, with uh, especially because uh, Money Money was such a hit, and like it was like this like kind of like really rocky album like for 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 him and his sound. So and and George said yeah he's like he's like I got all these songs that I think you'll like, and um, Tommy James said I'm all set, like I don't <laughs> I don't I don't want him. He's like he goes because he told George Harrison and he's like I'm trying to get away from Money Money. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to do this album thing. Yeah. I'm not trying to like just take singles anymore for people. Like, which I thought was very like, whatever the word is like, you've got a member of the Beatles handing you songs that are written that the, there's, but they're probably fucking hits, you know? And you go, you, and you make the move of the smart move though, to say once, no. Once again, a power move. Yeah. Absolute power. Move. Yeah. Like a very, like, he's not, he, he's not used to hearing no. Right. You know what I mean? And, so to and, tell him no, gains his respect probably even more than if he if you would have taken him and it would have done well yeah because and, and and just as a little nugget too the grapefruit goes on to do nothing they didn't they, their band they don't ever ever they don't ever do shit yeah yeah they were like they, they never made it but um so fast forward uh james uh he is uh he brings a demo version of the song crimson and clover to uh the chicago radio station and He's uh, he goes there and he plays it for him and stuff. I think he was being interviewed and stuff. It was just like a, a demo version that he had on him that just kind of like maybe like some type of little teaser. And he uh, mainly was trying to get trying to gauge because back then the radio DJ's ear really meant a lot. Yeah, you know if they said it was a hit, I mean that, that was means the they main, would play it. Yeah, and that was then the you main would way. And, you, and then you would have a hit even if it wasn't a hit. If the radio DJ liked it and they played it, you you had a hit then because everyone was everyone was listening to it. Mm-hmm. So he brought it to these 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 guys, his friends here at the radio, the, the radio station, and played it for him. And they 
secretly all it's just funny like there's a lot of like time like times in this story with tommy james where all of these things are being done behind his back but they work out for the better for him yeah and so these two radio djs they like the song and they don't tell uh tommy that they actually pressed record before he like when they started playing it for him you and so, dogs. so Tommy, he leaves, he leaves the radio station that day in Chicago. Those two, those two radio guys start playing this Crimson and Clover song and people fucking love it. And so it becomes such a hit so quickly. Uh, Tommy isn't able to like actually, cause it's a demo version. It's not, it's like, it's a demo version. So he's like, fuck, that was a demo version. That wasn't even like the whole thing yeah. that I had in my head. Cause I don't know if you, do you know the song Crimson and Clover? No. When you, not not at least by the name. When you listen to it, and when you and when you first of all when you hear it, you will know it. Okay. But when you hear it, uh, you think about this with it, it's like now like now thinking about it. Oh my god, it totally sounds like a demo version of what the song is. It's a very stripped down like type of song. But so Tommy, but those ha- sometimes are like that's just it's great though. But you know so Tommy, I mean? when he has when he's like, all right, well, fuck, I have to like get a better version out there. But he's like, but when I go to re-record this, I have to make it sound like what it sounded like on the radio, or people aren't gonna like it. So he couldn't like change it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he re-records it, and it just it it, it, it skyrockets to number one. Really? Huge hit, Crimson and Clover, huge hit, probably his biggest one. So, um, so. Later, uh, later on, uh, about what is it? March of like 1970, uh, he writes. They he writes four more hits that land on the charts. Um, uh, because of drugs, he uh, he uh, Tommy James is almost killed because he collapses on stage at a concert and is pronounced dead on stage. And Jesus they rush Christ. him off and they rush him to like you know the ER and they revive and they bring him back. Um, but I, and I couldn't find out like, the exactly what would happen. It was, it's kind of like, no one knows or they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's, a, Whatever it's the 1970. Is. Yeah. But, um, once that happens, Tommy James pretty much hits the pause button. He's like, I need to like go to the countryside and recuperate and like get my fucking life together. Cause I almost died. Okay. So that's good because yeah. that's usually when that happens, they're just like, all right, let's keep fucking raging. Yeah. So he, uh, he pretty much takes a pretty good hiatus for like, uh, four or five years from, you know, from music and stuff. But at this point, uh, roulette records is not paying their artists as, as those damn, uh, record labels are wanting to do. Mm. And, um, James, uh, actually says that he's actually owed like 30 to 40 million in royalties from roulette records and uh the we did some digging on it and the record uh the record label head was closely affiliated with the genovese crime family out of new york love that and it's widely known now that roulette records was definitely a money laundering operation for the crime family sick yeah so um uh at this point in the 70s, in the, in the early mid-70s, uh, the Genovese crime, uh, crime family, as everyone knows, was in a huge mafia with the Gambino crime family. With You know, that's when you had, uh, what's his name? The Bull? Right? Sammy the Bull. Sammy the Bull. You had uh, Te- Teflon Don was after that. Oh, yeah. He takes over the Gambino, the, the, the Gambino family and stuff. So, I mean, the head of the Genovese crime family, he gets fucking absolutely off right outside of that famous steakhouse. Um, so like 
there's this huge mafia war happening with the Genovese uh, crime family and the Gambino crime family. Mm-hmm. And um, the record uh, uh, label head basically, because one of his like buddies basically gets off, gets, gets, you know, gets, you know, what's, what's the disappeared. Word? Yeah. Disappeared. And uh, he goes to Tommy James and he's like, listen, you should get out of town because I think that you might like get caught in the crossfire here. And like, I think the Gambino family might go after you to, to like, you know, cause he was like such a successful, you know, artist on the record label that's clearly owned by the Genovese mm-hmm. crime family. So he was like, you should probably split town, dude, like just for your safety. So he dips, he goes and he moves to Nashville and he ends up living in Nashville for the rest of his life and, and still does. And, you know, cuts like some uh, country records and stuff. And but he also still has a, a ton of other um, ton of other hits. Dragging the lines, probably my favorite one by him. He's still just I mean he's a, he's an absolute fucking hit making machine. And um, he's now like you know pretty quiet now. He's old as hell. He doesn't really do anything anymore. He's not like yeah. doing anything with music. But the one thing here to have a nice little ending. Uh, Roulette Records was eventually sold to EMI Records, and James now receives huge royalty checks and and has gotten his money okay good yeah good so that was a good i I thought that was a good win for the artist yeah well i'm hoping like he was at least like well paid when he was younger too so he wasn't like bumming around and then gets all the money once he's like old right yeah so it's always good to see them win yeah i thought i loved i love that story though like because i loved him and i love his music and then there's like yeah all of these like these nuggets started popping out i was like oh this is a cool fucking story i think whenever you give good stories like that too it, it already makes me want to relate to the band yeah you know what i mean well, so to, you, ha- you have a more favorable ear when you listen to them. I mean, I I love Tommy J- Tame the Shondells, and then it was just for I look up first the Rack and Taurus thing happens, and I was like, wow, that's cool as fuck. Like, and then I just think I look, I was like, what's a Shondell? And I looked that up, and I'm just like, this is literally just describing me. This is hilarious. And then they then they stay then they just sprinkled in the mafia thing right at the end. And yeah, I was I, like, I, I was that. like, okay, we're here. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the Peacock. We've got... We've that got was a, a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. We've got a fun little thing. So I hit up Jordan this weekend because um, I saw uh, a headline, which I believe you did too as well. Mm-hmm. And yes. it was we we've got a new we we've got a new coach down here for the Miami Dolphins new skipper uh, coach McDaniel and he uh, he has implemented he's implemented this cool uh, which I what I thought was cool uh, this little thing in the practices because he wants these his guys to practice hard and have good practices he's implemented a little reward system for whoever uh, at the end of the day pra- has the best practice. They get awarded basically the ox cord for the next day's practice, and then they get to wear the cool uh, orange uh, jerseys. Yes. Uh, jerseys to kind of stand out. And so they basically get to DJ the practice the next day. And that got me thinking. And I caught up Jordan and I said, let's, uh, let's put together a playlist of like if you were to win, uh, you know, what songs would you play? And then Jordan, you took it a little further. Yeah. So. Well, if we have, if the, if the construct is that you and I had just won at practice the day before, it got me thinking, you know, what position, you know, uh, would you be on the squad? So 
Um, did you write one down or what do you? So I, this, I have okay. I have one for me and one for you. Okay, I okay. Maybe I did a little too much then. I I, I didn't understand the assignment. Maybe because what I I did two lists. One one I just put together a list of if I were to win, what I would play. Okay. The next day, and then the other list that this is where I think I got confused with was I put together like five songs of if this was your position, this is the song that. Oh well, I like that too. So play. we'll hear both. So let me just I'll start it out at least with with you. Um, I think it just goes without saying you you're you're on the O line. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now I don't. I was I don't hoping, know if I, I was have you as a center. Cro- I was fingers crossed for maybe a tight end, but I totally understand the O line thing. And yeah, it's, I it's, I just I'm, I'm I cool think you're it. a big man, fall hard. I yeah. don't know if I don't know if I have you out there running routes that precisely at uh, this point. Yeah, I'll be. I think you're just clogging that O line up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I asked. Um, I asked. Uh, I was with uh, Elbow Baggins this weekend down in the Keys, and I asked him to then give me what he thought I would be. So what what position before I give you his little his couple things here? What 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 do you think? What position am I playing? You I mean, you might think that this is surprising, but I could see you as like a Maurice Jones Drew or like, you know, you know, you know, just like a little like a little ball back there, like a like a or in like a Shady McCoy getting lost behind me and the boys in front and you're running back, squeezing through, getting like serious yards because they don't know where you're at. So I love that you said that because not only did Ben say fullback, but we decided. Well, there's no fullback anymore because I think yeah. that was an easy one. Like, but- like I, I, Mike Allstott is was what you were screaming to me. <laughs> So he said he said I'm a I'm a shorter smaller version of the bus aka the short bus as I put it. <laughs> I'm a bruising third down back yeah. short yardage touchdown vulture. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. me. Yeah, I guess you you're uh you're what's his name uh uh Mike Tolbert. Blunt. What's what Le-Garrett was that? Blunt. Blunt, you I'll know. Take that. I'll take that. Yeah. 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 Um so that was um and then also just cuz I want to throw it out there linebacker also. A linebacker. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna go by. I'm gonna do my first my by position. Okay. And, and what and what songs or what artists I think they would play. Yeah. yeah. And I think easy the wide receivers we're gonna, are gonna be playing like Drake and shit. Okay. I They're see like what pretty you're boys. They're playing Drake. Yeah. Like you, you're pissed that they somehow won the practice. Yeah. And like you're just like. Yeah, like uh, um, I remember hearing this in the club when I first got into the league. Yeah. I don't want to hear this anymore. Yeah, and then I've so and then I've got I've got the quarterbacks uh, definitely playing like JT sexy back. I, I got the quarterbacks playing some corny ass like sex, uh, you know Justin Timberlake, but to some me, Usher or something. Like it's got to be like an old head quarterback that somehow got the ox court though, like Mark Brunel. Got the ox cord. For yeah. Me. Okay. You yeah. That's I mean? cool. Yeah. I was thinking like like Peyton. Yeah. Or Peyton. Yeah. You know? Like Peyton's gonna have some like. Because yeah, exactly. I was thinking because I was thinking about that too. I was like, well, I'm I'm definitely doing like, the white quarterback thing. And I was I was I was like because honestly, if uh, if um, what's his name for Baltimore? Uh oh um fuck. What's I'm blanking on his name. Me too. But like Deshaun Watson and them, like they're probably playing Migos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're probably playing like that hype Migos in some future. But I'm okay with the Migos. Eh, um, okay. so I've got I've got the O line. 
playing like boot scootin' buggy, some Toby Keith. Oh wow. You know, yeah. They I got them up there playing, you know, Blake Sheldon. Yeah, they're home in Arkansas for, yeah. for the off season and they're just on the lake. Some Stapleton up in there for sure. O linemen yes. are like they're stoked. Everyone in the practice is pissed. Yes. Yeah. No one wants to listen to this white boy no shit. No one. Um and I have the most obvious one, the linebacker core, the linebackers, they're playing DMX. Stop. Yeah. Drop. You know, like. Yeah, it's got to be. They're playing you, DMX. If, look, if your linebacking core isn't taking the aux cord and plugging in DMX, then you might have a few offseason moves you need to make. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and I, to round it out, one more, okay, just to round it out, okay, the kickers, yeah, yeah. The, the kickers, they're playing Rage Against the Machine. Ooh. The kickers are surprisingly because they're, they're always always way more pumped up than everyone because they've been sitting in their whole game and they don't get much shine. They're not expected to ever lay. A I hit. feel like they're coming out with rage, like trying to set up, the, and everyone's like laughing, but like they like it too. The beat is dropping right as the ball is hitting or the foot's hitting the ball. Yeah, bulls on parade. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So I did mine a little bit differently, as if you know me as the linebacker or the oh, uh, the the running back. I basically started, I put a couple actual songs here, and then I have a mix of who I would be playing as far as like artists. Okay. So the first thing is if, you know, first off, I'm running up to coach. I'm saying, where am I plugging in at? Because I need this to be on as they're walking out. You downloaded the playlist onto your phone. You put your phone on silent, no notifications. Nothing. You know what I mean? Oh, I made sure. I'm you on got sleep the cro- mode. You've got the crossfade on like 12 seconds, so everything's getting blended. Yes. Right. Wait, can I do that on my phone? Yeah, dude. I need your help. Oh, yeah. I, I showed my buddy last week. Yeah, go to, go to settings on Spotify. Go to audio. Go to playback. And then right there, you'll, you'll see it says crossfade. Grab that little bar and bring it all the way over to 12 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Game changer. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. So I need to be, I need to have them walking out bef- like as the first song is bubbling. Mm-hmm. And that song is uh, Eminence Front by The Who. Ooh, ooh! I'm strutting out. Yes. If, if if I'm on that team, I am. Oh, I'm ready. And I think that the I'm I grabbing know, a popper. I know the I know the receiving core wants some Drake, but I think once they hear that, as they're coming out the tunnel, such a good crescendo, right? It's such a good build up when that thing comes in. Guitar. It's a building guitar. It's very inspiring. Yeah. So that's what everyone's walking out. Great on the field. song. Imminence Front is such a good song. If you guys don't know it by the Who, it's a weird song that they did. I think in the eighties. It's a great song. And it's I fucking so love. fucking That's probably my good. favorite song by them. It's so good. Um, so, but also, I did get some of the ball boys to set up the smoke machine. Hey! So they did come out to that. Sweet. Now, obviously, you know, after those first couple boys, then the gang gang comes out. Wide receivers, wide receivers are coming out. We got Archie. We ready. Dog, I... <laughs> Everyone has that. Though. I'm so glad because I all um, I had that on mine. Yeah, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it because I don't want, I don't want like Jordan or like to have it in his arsenal. And I'm so glad you did. Of course, I had, I had we ready him there. Now the defense starts walking out. Uh, that, so that's not for the defense. No, Archie, we ready. That's the wide receivers. Okay. Yeah, but now <laughs> oh, the defense is jumping. But now, no, no, no. Now the D line's walking out. Okay. And what what comes across the uh, the speakers? 
Three six. Who run it? Oh, this is a good practice. Yeah, it's gonna be a good practice. Yeah. Now everyone's out on the field. Ooh, I'm, gonna... I'm hyped right now. Yeah, I know. I'm hyped. And so, what are we gonna go into? I have what I like to call the four horsemen, and I need I as as uh you know this is my me as the player stepping into the coach now. I want a high intensity practice. Mm-hmm. And so, what do I need for that? I need kind of a higher BPM of just jailhouse rap. What? So what What's is that? Gonna... I'm about to say. So what expound. is the combination of that going to be? It's going to be mostly just a combination of angry Tupac. I was just about to say Pac's in there. Three six, and I need some. That's bone... why I fucked your bitch. And I need some bone thugs. Ooh, uh, a dog. Now I need to sprinkle a little bit of Biggie in there. But he doesn't have the fastest of beats. But there's going to be a gimme the loot that makes its way in. I don't know. Well, we're, something is going to get squeezed. Yes. That's good. So that is, you know, me stepping up to coach. And, and I like to think that when I go grab my phone from Coach McDaniel that, you know, he's like, yo, good job. Doug, listen. You're the running back, and you have the orange jersey on because you have the ox cord, and I'm loving everything that you're playing. I'm working extra hard as like the uh, as the guard, or maybe like you're hitting the, the sled. Like, yeah, I'll practice. and I'm opening up that hole for you because I want you to win uh, best uh, practice player again. So because I want to hear tomorrow's playlist, Ooh. I'm working harder for you because I want you to win again. Now, do you think there's been any situations in practice where like so I'm someone's just, like, dominating the corner, the corner? Like just lets the other guy beat him? No, not that. I'm thinking that like. The, the linebacking court just has like a dominant three-day display. And they're just now, day one, they were like, oh, this will be a cool one-off. Day two, they're just like, oh, shit. Now I got to come with it. Yeah. Day three comes, they're like, no way this day would ever Yo, come. right. And they just like, they're like, I, I, I spent all my bullets already. What Bro, do I do? T- or, or you've got like kind of the other thing where, you know, the O-lineman wins and everyone's hating that practice because they're just playing fucking you know, uh, Alan Jackson or whatever the fuck it is. And the linebacking <laughs> and the linebacking core is like the practice is not going there, you know, or the defensive line is getting, they're getting their shit pushed in. Yeah. And like, like McDaniel and, and like calls over to him and is like, yo, you're going to let these guys win again. You want to go through this again. And then the linebacking and the, and, the, and like the defensive side of the ball, they start having a way better practice. Cause they don't want to go through that terrible music again. Yeah, so then they pancake the whole O-line, yeah. get back there, touch the quarterback as you do, and they just walk right up to McDaniel and say, 3-6 is coming hand back, coach. Hand that cord over. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's, he's doing, Um. by the way, have you been noticing, I don't know if this is like the South Florida media bias, but do you notice that he wears like these kind of... Um, you know, uh, um, reflective glasses that kind of looked like, um, their old, the old head ball coach. And he's got this weird kind of comb over thing going. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen, he's looking like he's got like there. I feel like they're taking photos of him at specific moments. A good or bad. They want him to kind of look like Shula. Oh, he's doing a thing with are they the like hair. aviators. He's, or got, are they like... he's got aviators on okay. and he's got this weird comb thing going with his hair and he's wearing like a jacket and you're just like, that's kind of fucking Shula like 1978 right like, there. As the season goes on, he just keeps applying a little bit more gray, more gray, more gray. And yeah. Like just making the full transformation. I'm going to find you a photo Shula. so you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my list here that I wrote down, if I won, um, and this, I just wrote like, uh, 
uh, artists and songs. Um, I had Sandstorm on there. By oh, Garoon. so you're going that route? I, I well, the, yeah. These are just some of the songs that I would I would have I would have on my playlist. I would have Sandstorm on there. I would have uh, N Word in Paris by Jay Z and, and Kanye West. That's classic. I feel, like, I feel like that's a good hype one. Absolute classic. Um, I definitely. Well, I for me personally, I throw in there a little Return of the Mac by Mark okay. Morrison. Yeah, a little throwback. I feel like everyone always likes that one. You're really playing up to the vets right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I would throw in there a uh, little sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh, you know, like, I think that's I think that's a I think that's a good pump up song that I think everyone can you know can get down on. I think so. And uh, and then and then rounded off any Pitbull. Oh, okay. We are in the or trio. Rick Ross. I was like, you know, you you put you know push it on there. It's gonna go down. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, you gotta go push it. Yeah. Port of Miami. Yeah. Port of my candy. <laughs> Got nothing to lose. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't Push it to the limit. <laughs> um, all right, guys. That is episode 65 in the books. Um, it was a good one. Uh, we But we got to we gotta try to end this one now because... We got Panthers on. Panthers are, are on in, in, in any minute now, and and we got heat, and, and we and we got heat tonight. So we got to get out of here and get ready for hopefully two Ws. Need two Ws we'll tonight. See, tonight, we'll see you next week, guys. See you.